Good afternoon. The special meeting of the Richmond City Council will now come to order. Mr. Clark, if you will please provide the Chamber Emergency Evacuation Announcement, followed by uh, any citizen speaker guidelines. Upon activation of the emergency alarm signal, all persons should immediately exit the building. Please use the exits to the left or right front of the council chamber or east or west stairwell outside the rear doors of the chamber. Do not use elevators or escalators. After exiting the building, proceed to the assembly area located in the parking lot bordered by Clay 8th and 9th Streets. Citizens and employees should assist visually and hearing impaired visitors with exiting the building. Citizen speaker guidelines. Citizens wishing to speak during public hearings and or citizen comment period generally have three minutes to speak. Persons appearing before council are not allowed to campaign for public office, promote private business ventures, use language of a personal nature which insults or demeans any person, including comments directed at public officials or staff members that are not related to their official duties, or address or question staff members directly. All questions are be to directed to the president of council. Failure to adhere to the guidelines may result in speakers forfeiting any remaining time and further disciplinary action is necessary, which could include borrowing from attendance at future meetings of City Council for a period of six months. And Madam President, for the record, all members of Council are in attendance this evening. Individuals standing in the rear of the chamber are asked to be seated where seats are available. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Let's move on to the papers for consideration this evening. The first paper for consideration is Ordinance 2019-165 to amend City Code for the purpose of prohibiting the carrying of firearms within certain places effective at such time as the adoption of such a prohibition becomes permitted by law. That paper is before you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, would anyone from the administration like to provide any additional information or speak to this paper? Welcome, Chief. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of council, Madam President, um, I'm Will Smith. I'm your chief of police. And um, I'm here to... <laughs> yes. I'm here to present this paper for Mayor Stoney, who is out of the city on business. Um, before you, you have, again, a paper that uh, prohibits the carrying of firearms within a city-owned facility, park, or... Uh, public recreation area. Um, at its heart, we know that uh, there's no ordinance that can eliminate a pre-planned or premeditated act. That's not what this ordinance is intended to do. This ordinance is intended to provide an opportunity for um, time to occur between arguments. And if you look uh, historically throughout this year, we've had nine other incidents that have occurred in or near a city park. Those parks include um, Hotchkiss Park, Battery Park, um, Yancey Street Playground, Monroe Park, Abner Clay Park, Gillies Creek Park, and Carter Jones Park. And obviously Carter Jones Park is uh, where Markia Dixon lost her life. Um, it is in these instances where um, people may not have gone there with the intent to shoot someone, but rather an argument occurred and they had the the weapon uh, at their side in which they could further their argument. That is the purpose of this paper, is to prohibit uh, the carrying of a farm where there are mass gatherings, where there may occur to be a, uh, an argument. Um, and certainly when we look at the employment within the city of Richmond and the activities of local government, 
people have a right to come in, conduct their business without fear uh, of being injured by an illegally carried firearm. Thank you, Chief. We will now have a public hearing on this item. Are there persons here who wish to speak in opposition to this paper? If you would please come forward. Ladies and gentlemen, City Council, my name is Robert Sattler. I am a resident of Ms. Trammell's district. I have seen report after report after report on the local news over the last few months about an epidemic of guns being stolen from parked cars. Now, Mr. Stoney's response to this seems to be separate more gun owners from their firearms and leave them unattended. I challenge you to make sense out of that. Animals, like the one that murdered Marquia Dixon, don't care about destroying lives. They certainly don't care about a sign at the park entrance. Animals are going to wreak havoc where they will, at will. All this bill is going to do is leave people helpless. It is going to take that epidemic of stolen guns and explode it. I urge you not to do this. It is a short-sighted naive idea, and it's bad policy. Thank you. Thank you. Madam President. Mr. Hamill. Madam Sir, I see some looks from some of my um, colleagues. Can, um, can you please give me your name, because I really, I don't know your name. If you could Robert. I'm sorry. S-A-D-T-L-E-R. Thank you. Any other persons who wish to speak in opposition to this paper? Yes. Yes, uh, my name is Larry Hodges. Um, I live in uh, Councilwoman Gray's district, District 2. Um, uh, I would like to speak in opposition of this uh, proposed uh, amendment to the city code. Um, I appreciate the comments that um, Chief of Police Smith made earlier. Uh, However, I'd like to point out that the situations he described, I'm almost certain, involved a criminal illegally carrying a firearm, not somebody who was carrying a firearm in full compliance with the law. And I think that's where you can draw a distinction here. And um, unless, and I don't believe it's the intent, that the Richmond Police Department and the mayor's administration would draw the conclusion that the bright line between stopping people using firearms illegally is actually folks who, like myself, comply with all of the laws here in the Commonwealth. And uh, I hope that's not the assertion here. Um, but anyhow, I think that most importantly is that the Richmond Police Department, as it stands right now, has the full power of enforcing the laws here in the Commonwealth. And people who are prohibited from carrying firearms legally are already well within their scope. Those folks can be arrested. They can be charged if they carry a firearm into a park, if they carry it down Broad Street. There isn't a single square inch of territory here in the city of Richmond where someone can illegally and in violation of the laws of the Commonwealth carry a firearm. There are, however, 
many places, like the city parks, which I enjoy, where one may carry a firearm in full compliance with the law. And I, again, don't think that it's necessarily the chief's intent to prohibit me from carrying a firearm, however, in compliance with the law. However, that's precisely what this change in the city code, as I read it, would do. And, well, I suppose that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you for coming down. Are there persons who wish to speak in favor of this paper, if you would come forward? Madam President, members of council, you remember five or six years ago, we used to have a guy that come in here with a gun slung on his hip. We called him Cowboy. I spoke in opposition to that then. I've appeared before Ms. Trammell's Safety Committee about safety issues here before. My theme tonight is about you and your protection and the protection of the people who come here. When that gentleman come down here strolling around with his six-shooter on his hip, everybody was, had a psychological tense. Even I, when I sat here and would speak, I didn't feel comfortable with him being in here either. There are no political apples in my pocket tonight, but there is hostility that stands here, and there is hostility that comes in this building at times against different members of council because you have done something or you haven't done something that they haven't been pleased with. And they get in here and they let you know how they feel. But we have to be proactive. We cannot be reactive. We cannot be Virginia Beach. I support the mayor's ban. However, it doesn't go far enough. What good is it to have a ban on guns to bring in this building when someone can come in here, here, and blow this place up? Many times I have come down here, stand right here at 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon and practice a speech that I would be making a few hours later. I've come here as you all personally open up, put candy at each place. Thank you for all your hard work. Show my appreciation as a citizen for what you do for all of us. I should not be able to do that. I should not be able to walk in this building at 77 years old or 40 years old or 23 years old with the intent to do good, but I could also come in here with the intent to do harm. Madam President, if you'll extend me a quick courtesy that we've talked about to allow me to do something. Mr. Brown, would you please look down at your, around your left foot area and get a piece of paper balled up? If you'll unball that paper, it'll have Burley written on it. If I can come down here and bring you candy, or if I can come in here this afternoon while there were two or three people here and I'm not here to embarrass you, Madam President, or the members of council, and put a piece of paper. I picked Mr. Jackson because we've been longtime friends, but he's not here. But I don't mean to do anything that creates a, but one objective here, and that is to make you aware of the sincerity of protecting us. My point. Um, please begin to summarize. My point we need, my point is that I have one sentence. My point is we need comprehensive safety for this building 
and all public facilities to protect the public employees and the public. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you. Next speaker. Good evening, President Newbill, Vice President Hilbert, and esteemed members of Council. My name is Leighton Powell, and I'm here this evening in my capacity as chair of the Rich, uh, Richmond Parks and Recreation Advisory Board. A majority of our board has voted to be in favor of this measure. Um, I believe that Richmond's beautiful park spaces deserve to be healthy and safe places for Richmond's families, and we urge you to support this measure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening. I'm Deborah Morton, Deputy Director for Parks, Recreation, and Community Facilities. And we in Parks and Recreation is in support of this ordinance. Um, we have concerns about our parks, but not only our parks, but our community centers, you know, with so many things taking place in the city of Richmond and people not dealing with their anger and whatever else is going on between families. We have concerns that we cannot readily protect the individuals who come into our community centers. And so I know parks are a little different and maybe a little difficult, but our community centers, you know, um, people come there for recreation, for leisure activities, and also in our parks. And if this is some measure that we can take to protect our families, our youth, and our seniors in these facilities, then we are in favor of this ordinance. Thank you very much. Thank you. Are there any other speakers who are desirous of speaking in favor of this paper? If so, if you will um, come forward. Thank you. If you will proceed. Hi, my name is Laura Swanson. I am a resident um, in Councilman Addison's district. I live in Colonial Place neighborhood. And um, my son, Clark, is going to turn two next month. And we go to city parks almost every day. We're at Mary Munford all the time. We go to Belle Island. Um, there's so many beautiful places to enjoy in the city of Richmond. And I want him to always feel safe there. And I don't want to have to explain to him, you know, why someone might be open carrying at a playground that I take him and or having a gun at all. Um, and I just think that every child in Richmond deserves to feel safe in city parks. And I just it's just very important to me as a mother, and I hope that you all um, think about the kids of Richmond when you vote today. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Um, my name is Paul Fleischer, and I am here on behalf of the members of the Richmond Peace Education Center. Uh, our office is located in Mr. Addison's district, first district. Um, I am here also to urge you to support the proposal to enable the city to prohibit firearms in city buildings and parks. Will this put an end to tragedies like the death of Marquia Dixon? Unfortunately, no. I, I don't think so. Uh, but it might, an ordinance like this, um, with follow-ups from law enforcement might prevent at least one shooting in our city. Perhaps it will do that. 
that possibility is worth your support. In addition, I would love to see the Richmond City Council show the Virginia legislators that the people of Richmond are fed up with gun violence that's afflicting our community. Please, please set a good example for the General Assembly when they meet next week by passing this ordinance. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm going to ask again if there are any other um, persons present who would like to speak in favor, if you would uh, get in line there. Do we have any others? Yeah. Well, please come forward. Thank you. Hi, good evening. My name is Sarah Harper, and I'm a local gun violence prevention advocate and also a member of Moms Demand Action. When it comes to gun violence, local laws serve the important role of addressing the unique issues facing, facing each individual community. However, when we see a higher level of government assuming regulatory power from a local government, it can leave a divide between the needs of a local community and the governing body passing the laws. In the case of gun violence, that divide can have a significant and even deadly consequence. These preemption statutes threaten public safety because they do not take into account local variations that make different ways of preventing gun violence in different areas, such as the difference between gun violence in rural areas and urban areas. In conclusion, preemption laws prevent Mayor Stoney, the person who is most familiar with the local gun violence and criminal activity in our community, from passing the necessary safety measures to keep our community safe and to save lives in our community. I ask that you please consider the mayor's proposal, think about the lives that it will save, and then vote to support the measure. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Hi, I'm Eleanor Cootsey. Uh, my family and I are resident um, in the Museum District in District 1. Um, I just wanted to step forward and express my support, our support of the mayor's proposal. We have a seven-year-old son. Um, he's in Richmond Public Schools. Uh, and this summer, he's at Humphrey Calder Community Center. Um, we go to the parks all the time. Um, I'm also a member of Moms Demand Action. Um, so I really appreciate the mayor putting this forward and you all considering it. I'm appreciative of um, the chief's recommendation and um, hope you'll trust the recommendation of law enforcement. Uh, I just feel like there have been too many tragedies um, statewide, nationally, and I hope there won't be any more in our city, in our public facilities. Lastly, you know, as a citizen, I'm I, even a little bit nervous to come. Um, I come on behalf of the schools. I come on behalf of... Um, gun violence prevention and would like to feel safe speaking up or and or bringing my child here to watch democracy in action. So, thank you. Thank you. The public hearing is now closed. Bringing it back to council for discussion. Ms. Gray? I had a question for Chief Smith. Yes, ma'am. Hi. 
Um, congratulations on your appointment. First and foremost, I'm really pleased that you were selected as our chief. Um, when you ended your comments, you talked about illegal guns. Are you referencing if the ordinance were to pass and those guns would, all guns would be illegal in those spaces? Are you talking about, in general, illegal guns within parks that we know? This ordinance will probably not have any effect on, other than, as stated, people will have to leave their guns somewhere else when they enter into the park. Uh, They're no, legal guns. No, ma'am. What my comments were meant to um, illustrate is that what we have seen over the past several months um, is the inability to handle conflict at a personal level and having the, uh, the tools of a firearm at close hand uh, has allowed a number of inst instances to go to aggravated assault and sometimes death um, that would not necessarily would have occurred. And we can, and I'll use the illustration from the incident in Shaco Bottom where it's a, um, an incident where people were going to the club, they were not going there to have a fight, but a, a fight ensues and someone chooses to use a vehicle as a, as a deadly weapon. Um, so having, the, having possession of a firearm uh, in these locations, um, having firearm in, in your workspace um, can create the tools necessary uh, to create a permanent solution to a temporary problem. But if I were to use your example, I drive a car so would we next be talking about banning cars? I'm just, and I'm not in disagreement that we need to, we have too many guns out there. What I'm trying to figure out is, does this really get to the meat of what the issue is? Because it's my understanding of the past several shootings, none of them were permitted carrying people who pulled the trigger. They're people who have guns illegally, they're going to continue to carry those guns illegally, and unless we're checking everybody as they enter into those public spaces, there'd be no way to police it or to enforce this ordinance. And I don't know enough, and I, honestly, this just got introduced a week ago. I would love to have legislation, I don't know if it goes far enough, if it goes too far, but I haven't had the opportunity to fully hear the public vetting of this legislation. It's a week in, and I think I have issue with, with that, number one, because with any good legislation, it deserves a process and a democratic process. It's not as if the General Assembly is going to turn around and give us permission to do this anytime soon, especially when we have our mayor calling members of the General Assembly spineless and other names, but I'm just wondering how, will the, how would this legislation help in preventing another shooting like Marquia Dixon? If, if all these shootings that have taken place have been with illegal guns. Well, let me, uh, let me address that by talking one about city-owned facilities first, because 
This, in conjunction with other anticipated security measures, would allow us uh, to ensure a much safer workplace. Um, I couldn't hear that. Can't hear you. I'm sorry, you can't. Well, that's not usual. Sorry. Um, this uh, this bill is anticipated in in conjunction with other measures that we in, that we plan to implement in city-owned facilities. Um, that that would allow us to have better control over the workplace in which uh, in which we all are in currently. Um, certainly, as as we've spoken before, there, we cannot always prevent a violent crime. Um, but by not having the tools to do so readily at hand when a conflict occurs, um, then that allows time and distance for cooler heads to prevail. Thank you, Ms. Robertson. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, thank you, Chief, and congratulations. Um, we're glad to have you as our chief. Thank you. Um, it, I, I find this legislation to be, um, when I talk a lot to the staff of, of City Hall, um, there are certain departments that have expressed real concerns as it relates to their safety and their provisions of uh, the workplace. Um, our clerk office faces a lot of challenging situations uh, with uh, uh, citizens coming in that are just disgruntled about something that has happened in City Hall. And we get a fair amount on the third floor as well uh, with our staff on the third floor uh, that from citizens that come in that are you know, they're just upset about something that hasn't gone the way that perhaps it should have, or at least what they expected it to be. And so, whereas I, I find this um, proposed legislation uh, a, 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 to be a strong message of providing an opportunity to provide a safe, safer environment, workplace environment, um, Implementation and being able to be effective uh, with carrying out such a legislation always seems to be a challenge uh, for us in the city. And so I'd like for you to elaborate a little bit more as to how this legislation would be extremely helpful to you all, to, helpful to us as a city, and certainly not to just uh, make this a police department issue, even though you will probably be the main department that will be charged with the strategy of how we oversee this to make it happen? Sure. Um, when we look at all of our facilities owned by the city, we need to have a multi-layered approach to security. And we are somewhat behind the times in that we are a very open, um, easily accessible administration. Uh, and that's not necessarily a negative. It's just a sign that um, we really should take a view of what the modern threat is within the workplace, within doing business in public. If you walk across the street uh, to the General Assembly building, you can't just walk in and 
put a piece of paper by, by Haskell's chair, and I'm sure Haskell would be very happy not to have that piece of paper. But um, it should be a stronger level of security under which we operate. Um, we tend to become lax over time um, because things don't happen, because we have had good fortune. Um, but that doesn't mean that good fortune is always going to be on our side. We should take adequate precautions and adequate measures to ensure that we are operating and working in a safe environment. So let me, I just want to be specific. I know that um, Councilman Jones introduced legislation, and I'm not sure what happened in the Public Safety Committee as it relates to that, as it relates to putting up um, the metal detectors. Um, do you see, in order for us to, uh, if we're granting the authority to do this by the General Assembly, uh, do you see that as an additional measure that needs to be put in place uh, in all of our public uh, facilities? Yeah, yes, I do. Uh, I mean, with Councilman Jones' legislation, if we have metal detectors and yet we have no provision to prohibit the carrying of firearms, then we really have done nothing. Uh, these two go somewhat hand in hand okay. in, in allowing us to be able to create a safe and when we speak of public facilities, are we also speaking of schools as well? Well, I'm just asking. I'm not sure. Okay. Madam President, Selena Cuffey Glenn, CEO for the city. Uh, great question, uh, Councilwoman Robertson. We've focused on uh, our public facilities, and certainly we work closely with schools, but as you know, they are an individual political subdivision. Uh, but uh, as the chief has indicated, uh, there are multiple levels that have to be in place as it relates to complementing the paper that the mayor has proposed, and we're very committed to uh, implementing those particular efforts. Um, uh, the paper from Councilman Jones really speaks to a number of things that we have to do. And in fact, as a staff, we be began our review and inventory of our facilities and also trying to understand costs so that we can make a recommendation not only to the city council but to the mayor as it relates to the timing of implementations. Certain things have already been done, as you've seen, with police presence, but there are other things that we are doing as a staff as it relates to a comprehensive plan to address our security needs. But certainly this, is, this paper speaks to one that's really critical. One life saves that we can uh, save is very important to us, and that is a priceless uh, endeavor for us as a community. Uh, and I think as you've heard from some of the citizens when they speak of this facility and it's antiquated, it's old. So we have to think of other things that we can put in place as it relates to protecting not only our citizens that come in through the doors, our employees, but also the elected officials that operate uh, as it relates to proceedings within the chambers itself. So our parks, facilities, very important to us. And But it's going to require a comprehensive approach. Uh, and this is one element of what is required and there will be a series of other things that we would like to recommend as it relates to uh, the initiatives that we want to see in place to is ensure it, safety. Is there a timeline for the comprehensive safety plan that you want to see brought before us? We're hoping that probably in the next uh, 30 days or so, okay. uh, one of the critical elements is understanding the cost and inventorying all of our facilities, uh, not only uh, buildings, uh, parks, community centers, etc. So we're looking at everything comprehensively, um, which is going to be critical for us understanding the linkages and the implementation schedule. 
but as a staff, we're very committed in understanding the need for other efforts to complement uh, what we're trying to accomplish. Okay. So I'm understanding you said comprehensive safety strategy in the next 30 days or so. That is our intent. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you Ms. Coffey Glenn. And that will be a strategy coming forth with uh, recommendations on, in terms of phasing, cost, et cetera. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Ms. Lawson? Um, so my question is somewhat of a follow-up of Councilmember Robertson's and this plan. Um, since I've been on City Council, we have not had a security briefing. We rarely get information like that. When I was on school board, we'd go into closed session and talked about issues that needed to be addressed that were not um, we didn't want to discuss in a public forum. And I'm sure that you all have those discussions amongst your, the administration has those amongst themselves. But I think it would be good to have that information when we're looking at something like this. It's a very short paper, has a large impact, but we really don't know what's behind it. We don't know the statistics. We don't know what this looks like in terms of execution of this ordinance. And um, I really have a lot of concern about the um, timeline for the introduction and I, this being up for a vote tonight. That's only one week. And I didn't even realize it was up for a vote tonight until I read it in the paper on Thursday. So um, that gives me a lot of pause um, in making a decision tonight because I do not feel like this has been out there. I would like to hear from my constituents and have a dialogue and, you know, answer questions and, and hear feedback on it as well as get more information from you all. Absolutely, and I do understand. Uh, but we, we do support the paper that the mayor has proposed as it relates to being ready. Uh, and you're absolutely correct. We know that there are other things that would be required as it relates to implementation. Um, but we are very supportive of what you have before you. Uh, but we do certainly understand uh, your need for additional information. This does not preclude you from having more conversations with your constituents and others uh, as it relates to this paper if you were to adopt it tonight. Thank you. Other comments? Ms. Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. Um, I have a question. Will, we have, like in Chicago, they have some of the toughest gun laws, per se, and look at all the homicides in Chicago. I mean, to me, I mean, I'm getting texts, and, and my people are mad because they did not know about this. And I think you, I don't even know, I didn't know you were coming down here. Didn't, I've never talked to you about this. Um, my people are mad because they did not know. And a lot of them are on vacation. Some of the citizens are saying, who did this? Why y'all doing this? Where's the mayor? Where is the mayor? And you can't answer that. I'm not asking you to answer that. I, want, I know the citizens are asking me. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute, Madam President, wait a minute. Um, People are upset because, to me, 
I have 26,000 people in my district. They should have a voice. They should be able to speak about this. And, and per se, if we're going to do parks and all of that, we're going to have metal detectors all over the parks and things like that. Also, Chief, did you answer the question, or let me ask you the question, how many guns have been stolen? I think the person in my district asked. I know you're always talking about when we got signs up on Jefferson Davis, lock your car, protect your valuables. I mean, people leave guns in the cars. You know, people steal them. And when I went by one of the convenience stores over the weekend, they were talking about, I don't get me a gun. You ain't taking my gun from me. You or nobody else going to take my gun. That's what they were telling me. And they were saying, it's not enough information out here. And why would the mayor, why would, I mean, and people are saying, if you all want to be, if you all want to be in the General Assembly, won't you all run for the General Assembly? Won't you all run for those jobs over there and be elected over there? Your city council, they have the power. They're over top of us. And when you got a mayor, you're, I mean, we're going to ask them for stuff, and you got a mayor that says they're spineless? Well, I'm saying he must be spineless if he's not here tonight to talk about his paper that affects 218,000 citizens in a district, not four or five people or eight people that come down here. To me, I don't have enough information. I mean, I have too many unanswered questions. The people that are texting me or asking questions, I can't answer it. And my citizen that took his time to come down here, did we answer his questions that he had? I can provide you with all the details of a uh, number of firearms that have been stolen so far this year, how many were from a Chief, vehicle. I want that to be made public. I am sick and tired of us doing stuff behind people's backs. Our citizens in this city, they, they need to know just as well as us elected officials. We want to know, they need to know. Go ahead, Selena. And, and Council Trammell, we will make sure you get that information. And, and the citizens. So go ahead and give it to the news media. Let them have it, too, so they can get it out there. 6, 8, 12, Free Press, Times Dispatch, whoever, style. Let the citizens of 216,000, 218,000, it's growing. The population is growing. We know that. And people feel like this is the week that people are on vacation. They're not here. We understand the final decisions up to the Honorable Council. The mayor has proposed an ordinance. He's making a recommendation as it relates to saving lives. Uh, but we do understand your concerns as it relates to what you've articulated. Uh, there's a paper before you that we support, and we certainly ask that the council approve the paper. Excuse me. He Thank has you. proposed an ordinance which will be a law, a law. And he is not here, and you should not speak for him. He needs to be here in reference to this paper. And I would like for this paper to be continued so that he can be here and so that he can confront the people and stop being spineless himself. Uh, just a point of clarification. Uh, this paper would not become law unless the General Assembly, I just want to be clear. Absolutely. Okay. Um, passed uh, that paper. I'm going to go to Mr. Jones and then I'll come right. back. Madam President, here, point of order, did, did I hear my colleague from the 8th District ask for a continuance? Well, after everybody else speaks, okay. first, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Pardon the interruption. Thank you. Mr. Jones. Yes, thank you very much. I want to thank everyone that, that, uh, that has come down to speak uh, in favor and in opposition uh, of the paper. <clears throat> um, I've always been a proponent of local control. I understand um, the, the basis of Dillon rule, but I, I believe there are certain 
uh, areas, certain topics that a locality should be able to make uh, for themselves because we're not the same as rural parts of our state. We're just not. There are some things um, that should be looked at uh, on and at a local level. And I believe this issue is one of them. I know that uh, our colleagues in Roanoke, uh, they're dealing with some of the same challenges of how do they uh, deal with and handle individuals coming in and bringing uh, guns into uh, Roanoke Council Chambers because they've had uh, documented issues uh, of things that have transpired. So, so I'm a proponent of local control that we can make our decision here. Although, and I understand that with that, it needs to come from the General Assembly. And um, uh, I hope that they make the decision to give us the local control. Uh, because we were elected as, as leaders to lead in this city. Um, and we are responsible for the safety of individuals. Um, can we control every scenario? No. We can't. Um, I grew up. I grew up in the Navy. My father was a Navy officer, commanded his own ship, went to Armstrong High School, a Navy SEAL, two tours in Vietnam. I grew up around weapons. I did. And my father always told me, if someone is motivated, there's nothing you can do to stop them. But you don't have to make it easy. You don't have to make it easy. And so I've had a concern with. Uh, the accessibility of council chambers. We can go back to our friends in the media and them sitting behind us. I was against that then for that very reason, that how do we, you know, begin to uh, ensure our safety? And again, it's all fun and games, y'all, until something happens. It's all fun and games until individuals lose lives. So anything that we can do to bring common sense gun laws, because again, hey, I'm not against guns. I'm not. And I believe in that, that, that constitutional right. I do. But there's certain places I believe guns don't belong. Schools are one place. Guns do not belong on any school campus. They do not belong in any college or university, in my opinion. In my opinion. And I also believe they don't belong in council chambers. I don't believe it should be within our city hall building, and that is my personal opinion, that is my professional opinion, and that is a way I choose to lead. And that's what I've been called to do, uh, is to lead. I'm not a subject matter expert, but the one that we rely on is. First, congrats. Uh, I know I left you a crazy voicemail, but I was happy for you. <laughs> I, I truly was. True. You, you deserve it. You, you deserve an opportunity, and it's good to see someone from the city step up and take care of the city that they've served for so long. So, Chief, congratulations. Hold on, Madam uh, uh, President. Are you... No, ma'am. The top cop in this city has said that we should look at a particular issue. I know Chief Smith has gone over and will go over again to talk about common sense gun laws, reporting a lost or stolen firearm. Why that has not passed through the General Assembly is asinine. It's asinine. Because, again, that has nothing to do with who can carry them. It means that someone has either lost it and was irresponsible or it was stolen. And why shouldn't that be reported? And I have no idea, Republican or Democrat or Independent, why that would be an issue. But that's an issue here in Virginia. 
Mr. And all Jones. I'm saying is this, is that we should not just simply lay back and allow something to happen. We've got to make that decision as leaders. Because, again, we could have a thousand citizens who never step foot into this place and say we're not for it. But, again, the per I guarantee you, you bring any security individual in here and ask them and give, have them give their opinion of what needs to happen, then I guarantee you um, they're going to come back with some of the things that they've already looked at, things that they're looking at right now. Um, and so this cannot be politicized. And I think we're trying to politicize it, whether it be about uh, uh, the General Assembly, whether it be about Republicans or Democrats, whether it be about uh, uh, our mayor of Arstoni. This, this, this isn't about politics right now. This is about how do we secure the safety of individuals that walk in this space. Thank you. Thank you, Madam President. Ms. Gray. So, and then Ms. Angelesto. So, did you want to go first since you haven't spoken? Okay. My question, and obviously the reality is we are in a highly charged political environment, and the General Assembly is a highly charged political environment. And have we considered, has anyone gone across the street and talked to moderate Republicans? I mean, I've, I've been terrorized when I looked out my window and I saw people in the park with long rifles and machine guns, high capacity. I've seen people walking down Monument Avenue with machine guns and, and AR, whatever, assault rifles with high-capacity magazines. Isn't there somewhere that we can meet as opposed to all or nothing that more than likely won't happen in the General Assembly? Is there somewhere that we can meet with enough people who are on the other side of the issue to say, hey, is it reasonable to say we don't want machine guns in parks? And, and that's a start. But to throw all this out here is just really grandstanding and saying you want something, but you know you're never going to get it accomplished because you wouldn't go into the room trying to influence somebody by name-calling them. I mean, it starts with a conversation. It starts with sitting down with an individual and understanding where are your issues? What do you think is reasonable? Bring, bring Marquia's dad with you when you go meet with those individuals and, and talk about some of the gun violence issues. What are the things that we can reasonably agree on and get accomplished this year, now? But if we're all just trying to make statements and not really trying to make change, then I say go forward with it because... There are reasonable people who also believe that they should be able to legally carry a gun. They're not breaking the law. But some things aren't, you know, hard to figure out. Well, yes, ma'am, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, you know, we would certainly hope that there are reasonable people on both sides of the issue that can come to an agreement. But how do you get them to the table when you're calling them names without even sitting down? Just that's not that's, a, that's not for me to answer. The initial question Ms. Gray asked uh, whether or not there had been uh, opportunity 
not as if you're shaking your head, Ms. No, we, we can't speak to that. We, we're only here to speak to the paper itself as it relates to what has been proposed. Okay. But certainly we encourage all of the elected bodies, not only in Richmond, but throughout the Commonwealth, to hopefully convene when this discussion will be had so that these things can be uh, vetted. But okay. this paper speaks to the request from the mayor. Thank you. Mr. We say we don't want to make it easy for someone with a gun, but essentially we're making it easy for those in the General Assembly to say no because we're asking for a broader spectrum. And I think that if we we find where we can meet, it would be a starting point. We need to have a conversation, but... For everybody to be at opposite ends of this conversation, we're never going to get anywhere. And it's just going to be us standing up here saying what we think and then somebody on the other side saying what they think. We're not going to accomplish anything that way. we got to be able to unite on some points and move forward. But that's not what I see happening here. I see things being rammed through, not properly vetted, not given the proper amount of public input, not sitting down with the people who are making those decisions for us here in the city and and having some meaningful conversations. And I think that would be the starting point, not a press conference or a pep rally around, you know, the next pressing thing. Thank you. Mr. Angelesto. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I've come at this from a slightly different perspective, I think, than others. And um, my view on this subject was pretty much influenced when I handled visitor services at the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts. And we had people literally coming in with their firearms, uh, holstered, unholstered, you name it, um, if it was a rifle, etc. And Frankly, it was a little disarming to the visitor, the average visitor. And I really began to think we, as the museum, fell under the Department of Education. We have school children in the galleries every single day. How is it that you are protected or supposed to be protected from firearms while you're at school but if you're on a field trip, that protection does not extend to you. How is it that you are protected until the after-school bell rings and you go to your local community center for after-school activities and you're not protected? That's the stuff that really began to drive me crazy about how um, peculiar our gun regulations were. And I didn't think that if you're going to ban them for the the safety of children, well, then you should ban them for the safety of children. And the law should follow them wherever they go. And if you read some of the code, it does say that the portion of any property open to the public exclusively used for school-sponsored functions or extracurricular activities, while such functions or activities are taking place, I said to the mayor, well, why don't we transfer the title of our parks to the schools? Then technically they're school property and they're part of a school function. Why don't we transfer the rec centers 
to the schools. That becomes part of a school property and a school function. If the law is written to protect the, the child, then when the child comes to City Hall because the Richmond School Board is located here, or because they've come for a lesson on civics, and we have staff that do a mock city council for them, they should be protected here. I support the ordinance knowing full on that the city council today doesn't have the authority. I understand that. It's very clear. We rely on the General Assembly for our laws. But that doesn't mean that in our position of authority, we should not be managing the expectations to the General Assembly of what laws we want to help protect our citizens or to improve the quality of life for our residents. We did the exact same when it came to same-sex benefits for city employees. And while the state had a ban on it, we passed an ordinance that said, well, should the law change, we are ready, and this is our preference, is to recognize our employees and to give them the equal benefits. I'm prepared to take that political posturing, if that's what some people want to call it today. I'm willing to take that, but I'm also willing to take it because I have seen 20 years of these laws not protecting our kids wherever they go. Thank you, Mr. Atomista. Mr. Hilbert. Thank you, Madam President, and I appreciate uh, my colleague, Ms. Trammell, uh, wanting everybody to get their say on this. Uh, uh, I appreciate that very much. Um, I think regarding what Mr. Agilasto just said, you know, a lot of people didn't feel like in our lifetime that there would be marriage equality. Uh, but this council voted with his leadership uh, to recognize benefits for those individuals who are in a single-gender marriage. And so that was a while ago. I can remember those uh, fingers being wagged at me ruefully, saying, shame on you, Mr. Hilbert. We passed that legislation. And so I want to thank you, Mr. Agilasto, for your leadership on that. And again, we're at these one of these points. What we do with this ordinance only says that when we have the power to do so. It's, um, but I do believe that, and I thought that conservatives used to believe that the government closest to the people governs best. And uh, when we have the national influence, the National Rifles Association, the gun manufacturers, who are exempt from... Uh, laws that allow people to sue somebody, talking about a product uh, malfunction, you'd sue anybody else in the world, but you can't sue the gun manufacturers. Federal law has intervened on that. Um, and I, I can't get any inside anybody's head, but somebody that carries a weapon into this chamber, brandishing it in a very obvious way, is trying to, in my opinion, intimidate people that are in this chamber. And the General Assembly doesn't allow it over there. There's nobody wandering onto the floor of the House of the Senate with a weapon. But they can do it here. And they can do it here because the General Assembly 
won't do what they should do and allow local governments to make that decision. So it's very unfortunate. I was here the night that these gentlemen came in and were all upset about uh, then-Mayor Jones because he had joined a group called Mayors Against Gun Violence as if someone had a group called Mayors for Gun Violence. They were very upset about it. I appreciate that the President of the Council told somebody that they were out of order and if they didn't sit down, they were going to be removed from this chamber. Guns are brandishing anyway. So uh, we will not be intimidated. I won't be intimidated. I have seen a 12-year-old constituent of mine in a casket that was so disfigured that you had to put netting over her face in order for her to have an open casket. If you aren't moved by that, then I don't know what does move you. But in memory of her and all of the children that have been killed in our city, every adult, we need to stand up and do what's right. That we're not going to hide anymore behind uh, a keyboard or what have you. Other people have made very nasty threats to me online. Uh, so we don't know what people are capable of. Well, we do know what people are capable of. But we need to stand up this evening and say no more. We're not uh, going to crawl back in and let the NRA and the gun manufacturers run our city run our commonwealth and run our nation. And until we do make that statement, they'll continue as, as they have before. Silence is agreement with the status quo, and I'm not going to be silent anymore. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you. At this point, um, a question? A question? A question? Yes. I have a question. Um, it might be for the police chief. Uh, while the chief is coming forward, um, there will be two more. Ms. Trammell, Ms. Robertson, I'd like to uh, also add a comment, and then we'll call the question. Chief, will we have armed guards and metal detectors at every entrance to City Hall? I can't speak to all of that. That will be discussed in the security briefing that we will provide to council. Uh, the full details of that entire plan, but it would have to be able to be controlling of this environment in order for it to be effective. So, yes, it is planned. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. Your last statement. We'll provide that in entire report to council for review. And, Chief, that would be a part of the plan that would come back to council in 30 days with the comprehensive set of strategies and costs. Is that yes. what you're re referencing? Yes, okay. ma'am. That is correct, Madam President. Okay. Ms. Trammell. Um, go ahead. So just what would happen with the plan? Is it contingent upon the General Assembly allowing for the banning of guns here? Or do you have two plans, one with guns and one without? There is a security plan which we'll present to council, which is the physical security. Thank you. Ms. Robertson? But, I mean, my question was, are, is it contingent upon no guns? Or are we going to still move forward with it? 
it'll be it'll be presented to council based as, on whatever as, the as general soon as assembly. it's completed. As soon as it's completed, it'll be presented to council. For so if it's completed tomorrow and we don't know if guns will be banned from City Hall, what effect would it have? I mean, you could take someone through a metal detector so you would know who had guns on them, I guess, essentially. So we will hold until, I think the chief has indicated, he will come back, the administration will come back with a comprehensive plan. They do not have specificity right now, if I'm understanding, but we will have the answers to these questions within 30 days. Ms. Robertson? So you've, had, you've been briefed about it because the so question then, I have. Wait, wait, I can't hear you. I know, well, I ask a very specific question about whether or not this plan involved this legislation or passing. Is it all or, or nothing? Because I don't understand. The plan is being completed as we speak, and it will be complete within the next 30 days, at which time it will be presented to council. And I'm, I'm not trying Thank to be you. evasive. It's just once it's complete, it will be presented, and it'll, you'll have a better understanding at that point. Thank you. Mr. Robertson? Thank you, Madam President. I don't have any questions, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Um, I'd just like to make a comment before we call for the vote, uh, Madam Chair. Um, I have lived in the Highland Park community since I moved to, to this side of the city of Richmond. And I live across the street from Ann Hardy Park. <clears throat> the year that I ran for city council, the city of Richmond had the highest crime murder rate, most of them due to guns. I lived across the street from a park that it was almost a daily occurrence of gun fire in the park. My car has been shot up. My husband's car has been shot up. Our home has been shot into several times. There is no way that I could consciously not vote to support anything, any action, even if it goes nowhere, and I pray that it does go somewhere. For the citizens of the city of Richmond that do not have the privilege of feeling that we are doing the best that we can to make sure that our workplace is safe, that when our employees come to work, that they feel that they are working in an environment that is safe, our public facilities that we allow the public to come to, um, to take advantage of what they have paid for, all of our public facilities are paid for by the taxpayers. And for them to not have the benefit of us providing every effort that we can to make them a safe place to be, I think is totally irresponsible. And I can assure you, the trauma that I know residents live with every day, and Chief knows I've been... I've been consistently having conversation with him as it relates to um, young 
uh, folk hanging out around our little community stores where a lot of crime takes place as a result of that. And I know this, this legislation don't give us the coverage to protect that, okay? But frequently, it's in the public space where the crimes that we are speaking of take place. And yes, probably not by those persons who have a license to carry a gun. But the people that don't have a license to carry a gun, I don't want them in the park across from my house shooting up my cars, killing each other in the park, or making it such an unsafe place that the average resident don't feel safe to even go to the park. Um, And that's the condition that some of our parks are in. Um, I choose to live where I live, and I choose to stay where I live. And I also choose to work as hard as I damn sure can to make sure that the community that I live in, by choice, which is far from being one of the safe communities that most people would consider in the city of Richmond, becomes that. And so I hope that passing this ordinance would send a message to the General Assembly that Richmond supports more gun control in the city of Richmond in our public facilities and our public spaces, and that it would also encourage others. I would strongly suggest we reach out to Virginia First Cities and ask all of the cities to consider a similar legislation to be sent to the General Assembly to show support. I also encourage us to do a much better job at lobbying uh, the General Assembly to get their support. And in the absence of whether we get it or not, I look forward to a very proactive, aggressive public safety plan from the administration that addresses our public facilities and our public parks, and also with an execution plan and with a detailed budget and a schedule of how that plan will be executed. Um, I think it's very important that we make this an urgent matter. This is not a new matter. We've been dealing with this since, um, ever since I've been on council. Um, we've been dealing with this. And we've not made the progress that we need to. Um, but there are too many incidents that, are, that we look in the face of every day that we would, I think we would be negligent to not do the best that we can to move this forward. So I'm going to support this ordinance, and I'm going to hope that the General Assembly are able to pass the legislation so that we can effectively implement it. And in the absence of it, we hold ourselves and our administration accountable to do a better job of telling the public how we are strategically putting forth efforts to address public safety in the city. Thank you. Thank you. Um, While I have uh, no desire to prohibit uh, the legal carry of firearms by our citizenry, at the same time, I have an absolute desire and commitment to safeguard our employees as well as the citizens who access public places and spaces throughout this geographic footprint we call the city of Richmond. I have an absolute urgency 
uh, as expressed by others, to ensure that we have a comprehensive public safety strategic plan for our city within the 30 days that have been indicated by the administration. We have uh, recently had to send a letter of condolence to Virginia Beach. Recently, yesterday, vigils in our city have no desire to continue that, and I get it. This is not the sole response to that issue of uh, criminal behavior before our community, but certainly offers a component of it. And so with that, Mr. Clerk, uh, I'd like to call the question. Madam President, there was a motion on the floor, I believe. And to continue it? There was I'll no second. I'm sorry. Is there a second? There was no second. Well, I thought she said she would put the motion forward after folks were allowed Well, to speak. first of all, everyone has an opportunity to speak and relative to the issue, and so that was the first thing. If you want to bring forward a motion, you can feel free to do so at this time. Yes, I do. I'll second her motion. I think... There needs to be more vetting of the way this ordinance has been. And the motion would be, could you specifically say what the motion is, Mr. Amell? Continue this paper. Until? Until at least, I would say, 30, 60 days, because August we're off. Is that September 9th council meeting? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then that would give us time enough to reach out to the General Assembly, see if we could iron things out and talk to them one-on-one, because I know all of us have friends over there, and I know some of them are upset over the statement that was sent out with this press release. And I know that we would be upset if they said that about us. Thank you. Madam Clerk, call the question. Council is voting on the motion to continue Ordinance 2019-165 to the Monday, September 9th Council meeting. Mr. Jones? No. Ms. Robertson? No. Ms. Larson? Aye. Mr. Agilasto? No. Ms. Gray? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Addison? No. Vice President Hilbert? No. And President Newbill? No. That motion has not been approved. Well, let me just say this, Madam President. I think it's a shame that we cannot give the citizens as, um, let me see, the Free Press, Jeremy Lazar, thank you. I think you said it was 228,000 citizens in this city. We're not giving them an opportunity to come out here or to contact their council persons. And we're not saying that we are against it. We're saying the process. It is the process. This was wrong in what, what the mayor did. It's all political. And that's the way that I see it, political theater. That's what the mayor is doing. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You gave other people 10 minutes to talk. You're going to give me a couple of minutes. All I'm asking, and some of my colleagues can sit over there and shake their head all they want. But where in the hell are they at when, when their citizens need them and they're calling me because they can't get them? I think we should give the people of the city an opportunity to reach out to their council person and express how they feel. We're not saying that we are against this. We're just saying we need it more time so that people can't say that we threw this down their throat again like we did the meal tax and other things, cigarette tax, that I have a letter right here that the citizens are screaming and hollering about because they can't get their stamps because as of today, a pack of cigarettes went up 50 cents. Thank you. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you would call the question. Council is voting on Ordinance 2019-165 as stated. Mr. Jones? Aye. Ms. Robertson? Aye. Ms. Larson? 
Abstain. Mr. Agilasto? Aye. Ms. Gray? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Abstain. Mr. Addison? Aye. Vice President Hilbert? Aye. And President Newbill? Aye. That paper has been adopted. Thank you. Well, I appreciate uh, and understand the applause if you would uh, refrain. Thank you. Um, Madam Clerk, if we would go to the next paper. The next paper for consideration is Ordinance 2019-187 to authorize the owners of certain properties along North 17th Street between East Franklin and East Main Streets to encroach upon the public right-of-way with outdoor dining areas on a temporary basis. That paper is before you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Is there anyone from the administration to speak to that paper? Good evening, Madam President, Council Members all. Brian Koppel, right-of-way manager for Public Works. Uh, the paper before you is to allow the business owners along the 17th Street Market to temporarily encroach with outdoor dining encroachments upon adoption of this paper. The intent is to give them some immediate relief so they can begin enjoying the favorable season uh, for outdoor dining. Uh, while we allow them to temporarily encroach, they will be working towards the more permanent outdoor dining encroachments. Uh, the reason for the temporary encroachments is that the process is kind of uh, to get everything, all their encroachments in order, but temporarily we'll allow them to begin immediately. Right now we have, out of the 14 properties, only about six applications that are in at some degree of completeness, but uh, the temporary encroachment will allow them additional time December 31st, until December 31st to have a complete application. Thank you. Any questions? We will now hold a uh, public hearing. Are there persons who wish to speak in opposition to this paper? Are there any persons present who wish to speak in favor of this paper? Seeing none, the public hearing is now closed. Bring it back to Council for a discussion. Council President, the only question that I would have um, for Mr. Koppel is the timeline from going from the temporary to the more permanent solution. Mr. Koppel, do you have a response? Sorry about that, Council Magdalena. Uh, the temporary encroachments are only good until December 31st, so we're continuing the process for them to apply for the more permanent ones. The permanent ones will have to come back the council for adoption when, when they're complete. And do you feel that six months is enough time to accomplish all of the necessary permitting that council would need? Like I said before, we've got six in-house that are at some degree of, of completeness. So within six months, I think we should be able to get them all. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Clerk, if you will call the question. Council is voting on Ordinance 2019-187 as stated. Mr. Jones. Aye. Ms. Robertson. Aye. Ms. Larson. Aye. Mr. Agilasto. Aye. Ms. Gray. Aye. Ms. Trammell. Aye. 
Mr. Addison. Aye. Vice President Hilbert. Aye. And President Newbill. Aye. That paper has been adopted. Thank you. Mr. Clark, could you please read the introductory papers? <clears throat> Madam President, the papers for introduction are as follows. First, a public hearing on the following item will be held on Monday, July 22, 2019, at the formal meeting of Richmond City Council. An ordinance to amend ordinance number 2019-044, which appropriated and provided funds for financing the school budget for the fiscal year commencing July 1st, 2019, and ending June 30th, 2020, to make transfers from the contingency reserves major classification to other major classifications to facilitate the implementation of school board strategic plan. The next items will be considered by the Finance and Economic Development Standing Committee on Thursday, July 18th, 2019, at 1 p.m. First, an ordinance to amend and reordain the fees set forth in Appendix A of City Code concerning fees for large volume general gas service, concerning flexibly priced interruptible gas service, and concerning unmetered gas light service to establish revised charges for such services. Second, an ordinance to amend and reordain certain fees set forth in Appendix A of City Code concerning fees for residential wastewater service, concerning fees for commercial water service, concerning fees for the industrial wastewater service, concerning fees for the state and federal wastewater service, and concerning fees for municipal wastewater service to establish revised charges for such services. Madam President, that concludes the reading of tonight's introductory papers. Thank you, Mr. Clark. With that, the, uh, there being no further business before this special committee, this uh, meeting stands adjourned. <laughs>